Hello and welcome to the Florida Woman Podcast. That is your host, Nicholas Simpson. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And Why are we starting off is this way? Casey Walker. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm just giving us little alternate identities. You're dead naming me. <laughs> what? That's dead naming. That's the term for when somebody uses, like, somebody transitions. Mm. Into, you know, generally it's another sex or gender, uh, but I guess it could be any sort of transition. Hmm. Um, so if I just had like a spiritual transition, I mm. decide to change my name. But dead naming is the the act of using someone's old name, mm. like their government name from Got before it. they were Trisha. Or like Ayanla Van Zant did that. That's not her name. She had a spiritual awakening. Oh, she did? Yeah. What was her real name? Rhonda Harris. Rhonda Harris. Mm-hmm. And w- what's her name now? Ayanla Van... Van Zant. Van Zant. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Van Zant. Yeah, I don't know married? that one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the Van Zant thing. I know that Ayanla means great mother in some sort of language. Nice. <laughs> kind of an egotistical thing to Priestess. name yourself. Well, she really failed her children, actually. So oh, I think did? that this, like, her, yeah. I oh, think. she was rediscovering herself. I think so, yeah. Th- she was like, they Rhonda were super was not poor, a great mother. And, like, they, she, I think she was an addict of some sort. Damn. And then she turned her life around and, like, went to college. She's got, like, master's degrees and, and shit. And now, now she's on TV. And now she's on TV. That's a good show. Mm-hmm. Why do you like that show, Kelsey How'd you get started on Ayanla Fix My Life? <laughs> it's a really good show. It's like if Dr. Phil was a really wise black woman. That's like what it is. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yeah. She like goes around to these people and... But Dr. Phil doesn't do house calls though. <laughs> right. Right. Again, Dr. wise. Dr. Phil has you on, on his Into stage. Into his territory. Damn. Yeah. You're making me want to go back and rewatch the bad baby clips. Oh man. Yeah. What a disaster. Do you remember when that guy who uh, who's, who did bum fights? you remember bum fights? No. Bum fights was this thing that was like going, making the rounds when I was in middle school. And it was like these VHS tapes that you could like, you know, this guy made these VHS tapes that he would sell on the internet. They were just videos of he would go around town and get homeless guys to fight oh, one another. Wow. Or like sometimes he'd like do horrible pranks to them. Like he'd kidnap homeless guys. And like, oh, just man. turn them around in a different part of town and let them loose. Ew, I hate that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's horrible and exploitative. Um, but so Dr. Phil had him had the guy himself on his show. Oh. But when he showed up to the show, he showed up. He shaved his head to look like Dr. Phil, and he grew a mustache. And he showed up wearing a suit just like Dr. Phil. And the point he was making was like, "Look, motherfucker, you're just like me, and don't you forget mm. it." So Dr. Phil, like he saw him dressed like Dr. Phil and he knew he was being made fun of. So that immediately, he all he did was come out on stage and say like two words. And then Dr. Phil said, I'm kicking you off this show. Yeah, he does that occasionally. Because he's a hypocrite. People. Wow, that's so true. That What a good point for that guy to make. As opposed to Maury, who also similarly puts on a mm-hmm. crazy, crazy exploitative, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exploitative spectacle on his show. Um, but he's fully aware of exactly what, what his television doing. show oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's this, I listened to a great interview with him. This was years ago on like Opie and Anthony. Oh, man. And Throw he back. just fully acknowledged that his show was bananas and like just 
lowest a, common just denominator. It's about watching poor people fight. It's trash and it's, it's for trash. trash and it's meant to be trash. <laughs> Made by trash, for <laughs> exactly. trash, watching trash. Yeah. And honestly, he seems like a happy guy. Yeah, you probably come to a great level of peace when you admit that to yourself. I think Dr. Phil's not quite as happy. Um, he takes himself he, a little too seriously. Agreed. Well, one wears a suit and one doesn't. Jerry Springer. I don't Dr. think Phil's they wear suits. acting like a doctor. He Deep down, he knows he's not. This isn't legitimate what he's doing. It's of a fucking TV, it's TV show. It's, it's, it's bananas. Yeah, it's a spectacle. But right. Um, Ayanla does seem to really fix people's lives, though. I think she does, or makes a really, a, a true effort. Ayanla, don't dead name her and call her Rhonda. Rhonda. That's, that was my lesson That's that I was true. giving to you. That's what a dead name is. Mm, dead name. So, Kelsey Ann, what have you prepared for, for the class today? <laughs> um, today's episode is about Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. What about Nickelodeon? So fun, I'm sure. Fun, family-friendly content. Nice stuff. Yeah, nice stuff for kids. Not yeah. bad stuff for kids. Are we doing? We're doing a nice stuff for kids episode for once. Well, you, you'll see. Okay. Um. So I I wanted to talk about Nickelodeon because, um. Well, we when we were in Burbank most recently, uh-huh. we had a hotel that was we when we. Pulled out of the hotel and got on the main road. Yes. The Nickelodeon Studios was right there. So we right had to there. drive by it every day. And man, did I have a dark feeling driving by there. And yeah. I didn't even... Oh my God, yeah. And I didn't even... I didn't have this episode even on the radar yet. I didn't know any of this stuff. Like, maybe I knew, like, you know... Oh, wait, this stuff. So it's not a nice stuff for kids episode. Just let's get into the episode and you can decide what's nice and what's not. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what was this dark feeling? Why did you? What it just did you, seems dark. It just seems. It seems scary. It was seems, it because Nickelodeon was like colorful, fanciful childhood cartoons? But then you were driving past it, and it was really just an office building. Was that what caused the dark feeling? No, I got a dark feeling that kids were being exploited in there. Child oh actors, shit! Okay. You know? Well, yeah, I suppose anytime you drive past a building in Hollywood where there's children inside of it. Mm-hmm. D- generally, those children <laughs> aren't having so nice of a time. Yeah, and then I remembered that Nickelodeon. There was a Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida. Right, that's right. And so I'm going to give you a quick rundown on the shows that were filmed in Orlando by Nickelodeon. Oh, amazing! So this is the Florida connection. Super Sloppy Double Dare. Okay. Family Double Dare. Nice. Make the grade. I don't remember that one. Think fast, out okay. of here, 15, get the picture, okay. what would you do, welcome freshman, Clarissa explains it all, I watched that one. That one I remember. Um, super special double dare, I mean I remember all the double dares. Yeah, yeah. Roundhouse, Nickelodeon Arcade, Nickelodeon Guts, I think I remember that I remember one. Guts, yeah. I think that one was like Legends of the Hidden Temple, oh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the, the Hidden Temple, one. the classic. So good. Yeah. Wienerville? Okay. I don't remember a kid's show called Wienerville. A little on the nose. Nice. Um, Oh, no. My Brother and Me. The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. I do remember that one. Okay. All That. All That, I remember, yes. Big Smash Hit. Nice. Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel, yeah, for sure. Figure It Out. You're On. Slime Time Live. Nice. Double Dare 2000. Noah Knows Best. Tiana. Nickelodeon Splat. 
Nice. That's a lot of shows. It's a lot of shows. Oh, and a couple Nick Jr. shows. Eureka's Castle. Oh, my God. I remember that one. I remember that. Allegra's Window. Gullah Gullah Island. That one I do. Binya Binya. Do you remember that? No, don't It was only for one. one season in 1998. That makes me wonder if Good Burger was recording it. Recorded down in Orlando. I think it was, yeah. down there. I didn't list any of the movies that were also filmed on the studios. But I know for a fact that they were living in Orlando at the time. So it makes sense that they were. And and I know that they were filming Good Burger while they were still filming uh, Keenan and Cal as well. So they were. Right. He was doing both the show and the movie. Um, He was very overworked. They were both very overworked. Oh, I can imagine. And we'll get to that later. So needless to say, this was a big studio lot and mm -hmm. warehouse just full of kids. Yeah. And I'm using my deductive reasoning. Mm. You said that the show Wienerville Mm -hmm. was on the nose. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing some kids got diddled (laughs) in the warehouse. I think we can safely assume some kids got diddled in this warehouse. Fuck. Yeah. You know, I thought Nickelodeon was safe. I thought, I thought Disney n- Channel was the problem. I thought Disney Channel was the problem. Nickelodeon, I thought you were better than this. Nope. nope. I'm about to shatter all of your childhood you dreams. Get, oh, no. Entertainment industry professionals around a whole bunch of sexy teens. <laughs> and Somebody's just- <laughs> going to get diddled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you know, can you guess why these shows were filmed in Florida? It was cheaper, I presume. It was cheaper, yeah. Most things that happened in Florida business-wise happen Mm -hmm. because it's less expensive to do them there. Yeah. Why was it less expensive, though, do you you reckon? Uh, Probably didn't have quite as stringent child supervision policies as they do in Los Angeles. The reason why Nickelodeon shows were filmed in Orlando, Florida, is because there were no child labor laws in Florida. At all? At all. Oh, wow. Adults can do just whatever they want to kids. <laughs> okay. So let me break this down. Please. Parents would send their kids to a state with no child labor laws, and their childs were working mm-hmm. in this state with no child labor laws. Laboring. And then the parents would leave, most uh-huh. of them, because guess what? They would not cast children mm-hmm. of parents who were active and attentive because those parents were considered a distraction. The parents were dis- considered a distraction. By executives. Whoa. Meaning the more active and present a parent was, the less likely the child was to be cast in a show on Nickelodeon. That is so weird. And this fact has been stated by multiple people, multiple sources, Damn. both from inside and outside. Of oh, jeez, that's dark. They don't want kids with good parents. No, and like Shit. not to be too grim, but that is like the perfect storm for no kidding abuse. for diddling. Yeah, children whose parents want fame and money, who are largely absent or absent purposefully because they want their children to continue working on networks like this and they understand the assignment. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, They drop their kids off in a state with no child labor laws. Um, Fuck. And, you know, these children are photogenic, let's call it. Yeah. Right? Sexy, I think is what I said (laughs) earlier. And these children are also, they also either A, live to please. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what I mean? Because 
I think... Yeah, I do. I know that a, as an actor, a large part of acting is just following directions. Yeah. And people really do like to see that from you. They like to see sort of an obedience. Yeah, like, of course. Even as an adult with like, you know, wanting to think I have all these creative freedoms and stuff. I think no. like, you know, you'll hear so often like, oh, they take direction really well. Or like, right. you know, it's all about like in an audition when you're auditioning for something big and you get a note, meaning like they mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, we want you to do it again, but try it like this. A, that's a compliment. That's a good thing. Cause yeah. they, they could just say, oh, thank you. Goodbye. Right. But they don't, they want to like tweak it. They want to like, basically they what see they're if doing you can follow is directions. see if you can take a note, see that's if right. you can follow directions. It's not about, Ooh, it really has to be like this. And we want to see if they're talented enough to do it. Mm -hmm. It's more like if I tell them to do something, Will they do it? Like, yeah. are they obedient? Yeah. So it's either children like that that are in this position being called on by Nickelodeon basically because they follow directions well. They have that little stage kid personality. They're eager to please. Yeah. Yeah. Or B, they're extremely passionate about acting mm -hmm. or singing or whatever. Which means they have mental illness. <laughs> Which means they have mental illness. And yeah. also, like, you know, we, we just, we understand this. Artists tend to do whatever it takes to make to it. make their dreams become reality, even artists who are in fact also children. Now, if um, that means you get sent down to Wienerville, then that's what <laughs> that, has to happen. Then hey, you're you're willing to do what it takes. Oh, I said that. Jesus Christ, dude. And now they're surrounded by adults who are in this industry, you know, to take advantage. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's like the Catholic I mean, Church. I think it's like who gets into children's programming. I I want it to be people who really love kids and care about like yeah. you know how their brain develops and I actually think well, children's they do programming love kids. <laughs> is becoming more of that now especially with animated shows you know I hope so um, No I mean I I've I've compared the shows that I grew up watching to mm -hmm. shows that will be on while I'm nannying children mm -hmm. and and they're so f they're so different. You can tell there's some labor laws, some child labor laws. Now. No, no, I don't even mean like live action. I mean, yeah. most of the kids shows now, honestly, they are like, I don't know. Animation has kind of taken over. And I, yeah. I, I, I think that's a good thing. I actually I don't think children should be acting in general. Yeah, even I Even if totally it's children acting on a children's show. Yeah. Because I think the adults who are attracted to making children's TV. <laughs> there's something are, <laughs> pathological about this yeah, whole business. Yeah. Like 100%. people who want to become a priest. It's like, I mean, I just think they, yeah. know, they know what's up. They, they know. want some altar boys. So let me tell you a little bit about the property in Orlando. Please so do. The Nickelodeon Studios Orlando existed on the Universal Studios lot. Okay. Um, where there's, you know, now a theme park and everything. Yeah. Uh, in Orlando, Florida. So, yeah. and as as I mentioned, most of the big shows, both animated and live action, yeah. uh, were produced there in Orlando in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, if you ever saw Slime Time Live. I did. Okay. You'll recognize the outside of that building. You know, okay, for sure. Yeah. That, yeah. That's I in know Orlando. specifically the structures. I can picture the orange metal piping and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like the geysers of slime, yeah. like yep. the yep. fountains. Okay. So eventually, uh, Nick opened its studios in Hollywood, California, and shows started shifting their productions over to the West Coast as more and more shows uh, shifted from animation and live action uh -huh. to more scripted content. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the when you say live action you mean like game shows a game and stuff shows like that. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. real like game yeah, double dare stuff like that yeah yeah legends of the hidden temple cool shit cool shit yeah i never watched the scripted like live action shows on nickelodeon it's kind of more of a girl thing i think honestly you think so yeah i think like you know clarissa explains it all like yeah. that's for a girl like yeah Okay, the Brothers Garcia. Do you remember the Brothers Garcia? No. That was a live action show that I would always turn off. It would always come on like See, after SpongeBob or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Or like, like I assume like Drake and Josh or something was like yeah. for guys. Drake and Josh. Wasn't that Disney Channel though? No. It was Nickelodeon. Drake yeah. and Josh was. Yeah. Well, that was another show that I fucking turned off because it wasn't cool cartoons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Legends of the Hidden Temple. Couldn't agree more. So the need for the studios in Orlando eventually, you know. Became obsolete. It and, dries and, up. Yeah, dried up a little bit. Mm-hmm. The slime dried up. Oh, no, um, not it dried was, slime. <laughs> it was shut down in um, 2005, and it, it no longer exists. Okay, okay. Um, but in November of 1988, uh-huh. Nickelodeon joined up with the Universal Studios, and they broke ground on the Nickelodeon Studios. It was complete in June of the following year, and filming began on Stage 21 for their first program in Orlando, Super Sloppy Double Dare. Nice. Super Sloppy Double Dare. Love it. Gross. Um, Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando was also welcome to the public, and I think I went there. I I bet you did, I have a feeling. You lived in Orlando for a good while, didn't you? Yeah. Um, In October 1990, the famous Slime Geyser was unveiled and officially opened, and basically, you could walk. I think they gave studio tours. You could walk around the property. Um, they had, you know, sound stages for those big game shows. And they were sort of built for like children in mind, in the sense that, like, there was, you know, I don't know if you remember from these game shows, but like little tunnels where children would like crawl. Yeah, yeah, like, I do. Just little stuff like that. So, you, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Ugh. So, you could go do that in a tour as a kid. It was, you could, o- it was you could all go through open the child's the tunnels. Yeah. And I think when I went there, there was a taping of something that was happening outdoors. Oh, nice. And I think, yeah, we stumbled upon it and ended up being part of the like live studio audience of some show. And I don't remember what, but. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's a big warehouse full of child tunnels. Yes. Understood. Understood. So now that I kind of gave you a rundown of the property, let's get to some allegations, shall okay. we? Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's get to some allegations. Let's start at the beginning. Um, let's start with the set of All That. Okay. Filmed in Orlando. And Dan Schneider's, we're going to deep dive into him Dan later. Dan Schneider, I know this name. Dan Schneider's first hit for Nickelodeon. Okay, so he was a big producer. Yes, all that was a sketch comedy television series in the vein of SNL all that starred that. a cast of children. It's all It ran that. for 11 seasons on Nickelodeon from 1994 to 2005. That's a long fucking time. I feel I like I do not. It fell way like off my Kenan radar. I feel Thompson that. went So if it went to 2005, I feel like Kenan Thompson started on SNL not long after that. Well, yeah, that, I mean That's a guy whose entire fucking life has been in sketch comedy. <laughs> that's true. How crazy is that? So, All That's first season cast was as mm-hmm. follows. Angelique Bates, Lori Beth Denberg, okay. Katrina Johnson, okay. Kel Mitchell, yep. Alyssa Reyes, Josh Server, Keenan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Angelique would leave the show wow. after the first year, and she was replaced by Amanda Bynes. I was going to say, like, where's Amanda? Yeah. Amanda, please. <laughs> 
So let's hear from Tracy Brown, mother of Brian Hearn, who was cast on all that in season seven and eight. She said this on YouTube in 2021. Uh Uh-huh. Dan Schneider did not like me. And God is good. Because there were many times on that set where they're like, hey, we want to invite Brian to a party. And I'm like, hey, just Brian? And they go, yes. And I'm like, no. And they don't like moms that take control of their child. But I have heard things. So guess what? You don't need to like me. And they were like, well, bye-bye. And I was like, let's go. Like, why was it not okay for me to allow, like, some sense of parental discipline? Like, why are you so interested in taking that away from me? Because if they had taken you out of the picture, then we can have him and we can do whatever we want to with him. Thank and you. we can have him do whatever we want him to do with others. Yeah, yeah. I'm even thinking about suing Nickelodeon. Seriously. I mean, yeah. No. I don't like, see why you wouldn't. How dare you didn't... not let me be a mother? Like, how dare According... Yeah, so she alleged that then Brian was fired from all that. Damn. After two seasons um, for, quote, not complying with the child separation environment they were trying to cultivate on set. I mean, that's just so inappropriate. Yeah. You it's it's such a weird like sort of sinking feeling I get from the idea that these executives want to separate their children mm-hmm. from their parents mm-hmm. and like have parties with them mm-hmm. that their parents aren't invited to. Like there's no nobody supervising these kids except for the the people in charge of them, their bosses essentially. Yeah. I mean it's it's just creepy, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I would hope that every single parent would have a similar reaction. But honestly, it takes a mouthy broad like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it t- you got to be the mouthy broad that you, you have to be speaking that up. annoys you at the post office. You have to be that bitch when you're dealing with Nickelodeon and when you're dealing with your own fucking children. Mm-hmm. That's Hell yeah. I mean, everyone should aspire to be a, a mother like that who like has a a sense like she knew something mm-hmm. was up. Well, she was paying attention. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that you know. Either these kids that were on these shows had parents who who just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Or weren't paying attention on purpose. Yeah. Because they didn't really want to know. Like because said, they were making a lot of money with their kid on a show like that. Exactly. And they didn't want to see anything going on because then they would have to wrestle with that and potentially pull their kid from the show. And if right. they just put their blinders on and they don't see it and they just go, oh, I trust that this executive's doing the right thing because they're so nice to me. Yep, so I don't have... need to be at the party. I don't need to be on set. I don't need to know. Mm-hmm. They're get, they're, then they're going to have rich little children exactly. who are like TV stars. Mm. It's kind of like it reminds me of, I mean, it's a different situation entirely, but it kind of reminds me of Viola Davis. And you remember that movie Doubt with Ooh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes. And great fucking movie. Great fucking play. But that's the same sort of situation. Like she, her little kid um, wasn't going to get accepted to any of the other schools that he might have a chance at getting a good education. Mm-hmm. So she kind of knew that he was getting diddled by the priest at mm-hmm. the school but she she came in and was kind of like, let's all shut the fuck up about it because my little black kid isn't going to get accepted in this 1950s environment at any of the other private schools. So let's please allow him to keep going. So he and can maybe, maybe if get he gets diddled, that's maybe fine. Can, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I know. It's pragmatic. It's fucked up. It's so fucked up, but it's there's a dark sort of pragmatism to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the same thing happened with Angelique Bates, mm-hmm. the... Premier cast member in all that from 1992 to 1996. Mm. Um, She was 12 years old when she was cast. Uh, She says that physically, emotionally, and mentally, she was abused by the producers. Jesus Christ. CPS was called. CPS was called. In 1996. 
And they did come to set in Orlando, and Ooh. she was pressured by the adults to stay silent. Wow, that's fucked up. And she did. And she is just breaking her silence. Wow. Basically today, in 2022, wow. online, talking about her experience for that's the first wild. time. This is crazy, because you know you were reading off that list of cast members, and I was like, okay, Angelique, Brian, I've never heard of these people in my life. Yeah, there's Thing a reason is, for that. I have fucking heard of Amanda Bynes. Mm. And now that I think about it, Amanda Bynes isn't doing so fucking hot these days. No. Amanda Bynes seems to have lost her goddamn mind. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. If okay. your parents did not save you from this situation, like Brian and Angelique, and, you know, then you maybe went into obscurity oh, God <laughs> as far it. as the in- child entertainment world is concerned, but you ended up, you know getting the help that you needed. If your parents Oof. didn't pluck you from this environment like Amanda Bynes, then you turned into Amanda Bynes. God damn, this is so sad. Yeah. That's fucked so up. CBS I thought Nickelodeon was safe from this. No. Wow. No. Um, and her mother got involved after the CPS call, and it, it actually wasn't the cops coming to set. Yeah. It was the mother yeah. wanting to be around more. After CPS got called. That caused Angelique to be let go from the show in 1996. God damn, dude. Yeah. And apparently she says that um, now this may be the one and only accusation that involves an adult trying to sleep with another adult, but that <laughs> oh, there were there were producers who were trying to fuck her mom. Oh, wow. And her mom turned them down. Yeah. And then she started appearing less and less in all that. They Man. took skits away from her. They took characters away from her Fucking until there was basically nothing left. This industry is so dark, man. Isn't it? It's so fucked up. Gross. It sucks because I can't help wanting to act. Like, I'm a, I'm an artist. I can't fucking help my impulse to do this stuff. Yeah. But holy shit, you look around at this industry every once in a while and just go like, it's everywhere. Like, I knew Disney was weird and dark. I know, like, all these studios, there's weird goblins crawling around all over there. But <laughs> crawling I thought, through the child tunnel. Seriously, but I thought that fucking Nickelodeon was safe. Nope. Yeah, well, I mean, it shows my naivete, doesn't it? Because I'm the glad whole you still thing... have some of that. It's, it's kind of cute. <laughs> I'll never lose it. Aww. I hang on to it. Because, I mean, if you just get rid of all your naivete, then then what are you? probably turn into a goblin just like these people yeah you turn into it the clown dude oh boy yeah so um we're gonna hear from another woman uh taisha hampton uh she was kel mitchell so all that good burger keenan and kel Mm -hmm. she was kel mitchell's ex-wife or is kel mitchell's kel mitchell's ex-wife so weird to think about him being married i know they were married at 18 she was 18 whoa he was a few years older damn yeah um so and this was while Kel was working for Nick, right? Okay, yeah. So she says mm-hmm. that the adults on set would be showing kids porn films. Jesus. Along with giving them drinks at parties. Jesus Christ. So they were introducing children to porn oh my and plying them with liquor. And many of the producers on set would talk about orgies. Oh my God. Like dude. around the children, to the children. And that this was just, this was the norm. This was, this was how this dysfunctional set operated on a 
daily. Oh my god, that is so fucked up. Because think about it. Okay, think about you're in a you're in a a, a group of normal functioning healthy brained adults, mm-hmm. and your job is to be uh, producing children's TV shows, and you're having like a little function for the kids, and somebody says like, "Hey guys, like look what I brought," and he pulls out like a liter like a handle of vodka and like some porno DVDs goes like you want to show the kids you you'd get turned on like the whole group would fucking grab pitchforks and fucking run you out of the building but the thing is when that happened when that moment happened all the other executives also said oh my god i was thinking exactly the same thing <laughs> I brought my porn, too. I brought my porn, too. My God. I know. What the fuck? I know. It's so gross. How it's a culture. It's not one or two An entire room of adults who are like, this is fine. This is good. Yep. We should do this. Mm-hmm. And because these they are, all wanted to fuck kids, presumably. Yes. These are 17, 16, 15, 14, 13-year-olds. Jesus Christ. You know? Dude. Angelique was 12 on the set of all that. Listeners, Close your eyes and think about what the fuck a 13-year-old looks like. When was the last time you saw a 13-year-old? And ask yourself, like, is that sexy? Like, what the fuck is going through these people's heads? Honestly, I look around, like, we live pretty close to, uh, we live pretty close to a college nowadays. I look around, I see 21-year-olds, and I go, ugh. (laughs) Ugh, I don't remember Ugh. you looking so weird. You don't look fully <laughs> formed yet. Like, there's something wrong. And then I look at pictures, because you think you're an adult when you're 15. You do, yeah. I go back and look at pictures of me when I was a teenager and go like, oh my god, I look I look like, you have little weird little monkey-ish bodies, <laughs> fucking acne all over, stupid braces and shit. It's so weird. How do people find that sexy? There's... Something goes wrong in your it's brain. It's a pathology. It, 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 it has to be. I swear to God, a 21-year-old is not sexy. I Yeah, I have nothing in common with a 21-year-old. No, well, yeah, in <laughs> common aside. I mean, just seriously, like, they're not sexy looking. I know, but beyond them not being sexy physically, I also just think there's something wrong with, like, wanting to hang out with them. Yeah, like, it's... It's, it's weird. weird. Unless it's like your cousin. Or, I just think it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what What do you guys have to talk about? Like, Even what, like, what do you want from them? Like, you've, like, if you're having sex with a 21-year-old, like, you have sex and then and then what? And then what? And then exactly. what do you say to What one do you another? do like, when you're not having sex? Ew, like, I, you prob- their personality is just, oh my terrible. God. Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, think about it this way. Like, you have a younger brother, and they bring all their friends over. That's, like, what yeah. that feels like. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? So, Taisha and Kel would go to clubs when they were 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, younger than that. Yeah, um, sure. That they were not legally allowed to go to in Orlando because mm-hmm. the people on the Nickelodeon set would make them fake IDs. This is so crazy, dude. The people on set in Florida made them fake IDs without them asking. I don't understand why you would want your child stars clubs. to go to clubs I, and drink alcohol. Know. Like you wouldn't you want them to like be focused and like on time for shooting? Like I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know either. Well, I mean, well, obviously, what why do you do stuff? Why do you do extra special favors for people in Hollywood? Because you want to fuck them. Yeah. Because you think that getting the opening really doors for them. It really is as simple as that. Yeah, that Actually, really on is the it. alcohol tip, um, yeah. Dan Schneider uh-huh. 
who worked on iCarly and Victorious, among yeah. other Nickelodeon shows, um, he would actually pit the cast of those two shows against each other, primarily disparaging the iCarly cast by saying, like, by bringing them alcohol and they would, like, not be into it. They'd be like, mm, yeah. no, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he'd, like, make them feel bad and berate them, saying, like, the victorious cast, they all drink together. They have so much fun. They go out at night. Like, Ugh. they go to clubs together. Like, they drink with us. Like, they're way cooler. Like, oh my God. yeah, to try to make them drink. Ugh. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. I so, also thought iCarly was on the Disney Channel. This just goes to show you that I was a cartoon bitch. Definitely. I'm only down. I was watching Rugrats. I was watching SpongeBob. Oh, so I was so watching good. Cat Dog. So good. I was watching. Um, Did you ever watch Ren and Stimpy? I loved Ren and Stimpy. So was good. that on Nickelodeon? I, I feel like remember. that was on like Nick at Night. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a little like. I remember my dad telling me adult. not to watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did anyway. Uh, Billy and Mandy. No, that was Cartoon Network. Mm. No, it was Cartoon Network. But SpongeBob, SpongeBob was really the big one. So good. Oh, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Oof. Life, also good. Banger. Yep. I was a cartoon cartoon bitch. So more on set, um, on the set of all that. Which so, is sad because then in my world, all these kids were getting fucked for nothing. What do you mean? It was I didn't watch any of their shows, so it wasn't worth it. <laughs> oh my god. So uh, Taisha also <laughs> that's says, not true. I watched the Amanda show. I'm sorry. My God, are we ever going to hear from Taisha? Can Taisha speak? Taisha can speak. All right. So she also said that one of the but girls. But it's my podcast. <laughs> one of the girls on all that who is 15, 16, mm -hmm. would clean Dan Schneider's car wearing a bikini. Dude, come on, dude. While allegedly, allegedly, another cast member on all that would give the producers blowjobs. No. As a child. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's so fucked. And someone asks, and Taisha dude. clarifies that it was not Amanda Bynes, that it was someone older than her. Christ. I mean, you would hope so because Amanda was nine dude. when she was cast on all oh that. Oh my God, dude. And that really only leaves a few kids that it could have been. And I'm sure I could use my powers of deduction, yeah. but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to know. Christ. I don't want to know what kid it was. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So, um, like you heard from Brian's mom, the producers would throw parties uh, mm -hmm. where the parents wouldn't be there. And... They'd give them alcohol, and yeah. there were just no boundaries. And Taisha remembers, so they were married at 18. She also got pregnant at 18. Damn. And the the producers, she would visit set, mm -hmm. and the producers would ask her if they could put her titties in their mouth. <laughs> While she was- What is going like, on, Like, third dude? trimester pregnant. What is going on? And that she would get sexually harassed so hard on the set- of all that, that she would, she would get to set and run to Kel's dressing room and lock the door. She would Jesus. lock herself into the dressing room because if she didn't, people would go around asking if they could get her titties in their mouth. Okay, that is so pathological. Like, I mean, that's just so far it's beyond. So weird. I mean, appropriate is <laughs> way, way out the door. Yeah. yeah. Way out the door. It's yeah. like insane. It's like disordered, crazy behavior. Like, yeah. To go up to a pregnant woman and say, hey, let me. A pregnant 18 year old. A pregnant teen. That you work with, that works in your, in your, the building that you work in. 
Yeah. And it literally, she can't. She has to run from her car to the dresser <laughs> oh my because God. everybody's asking if they can suck her tits. It's so. The entire building is <laughs> coming so up funny. to her, demanding to suck her tits. <laughs> oh my God. It's great. That's a nightmare. Oh my God. How could this be real? <laughs> I, know. I know. Imagine that thought popping into your head. You know what I mean? I know. Like the you see a pregnant uh, your pregnant coworker well, walking past. Well, I mean, she's double like, duty. She's she's a child with a child inside. I she's, mean, oh, so they perfect. just couldn't hold themselves <laughs> back. No, two they for wanted the price that of kid one? ripe off the vine. <laughs> oh my god! Good lord! Yeah. Well. So um. Oh my god! Just I, I need that titty in my mouth right now. <laughs> Ew! Fuck. <laughs> Well, um, so Jesus. I've been talking about the children's television producers at Nickelodeon yeah. kind of as a just a group of anonymous faces. Like, yeah, I've just been I've talking them sort of been generalized, yeah. like the producers as an entity. Uh-huh. Um, so who are these producers? Dan Schneider's one. Of them. <laughs> yes. So but before I tell you their names, mm-hmm. I also just want to say that I assume that these sets in general were bad places. Like you said, if one producer pulls out his phone and starts showing a porno to a child at the child's workplace, everyone else and, in that and room everyone should else does him. nothing. Yeah, exactly. They're also guilty. Yes. So I'm not giving those people a pass just because no they ain't way. diddling. Because the set is not a big place. Like chances are, if one producer is doing that, the other producers know about it. Even the ones that have never touched a kid or given a kid alcohol. It's just like, no, sir. No, ma'am. Like, you are accountable. Exactly. You need to tackle that person as yeah. soon as possible. Don't act like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, they knew. They just wanted to pretend it wasn't going down like that so that they could keep their job or advance in the company or use this high-profile job at Nickelodeon to leap into other companies within the industry because this is how Hollywood works. So Jobs are scarce. Up. Everyone wants to keep theirs or move up the ladder. And you can't do that if you're going to be taking complaints to your bosses about child diddling. That is not a formula for getting ahead in Hollywood. So horrible. I mean, this is, it's just like the final scene in Eyes Wide Shut. You know, it's like this, that's how stuff like that happens. Yeah. It's just like people wanting to keep their job. And then all of a sudden you, you, you wind up wearing a mask and a robe somewhere and there's fucking... (laughs) weird backward singing happening and there's a child there's a room with children in the back like you've it it starts with you wanting to keep your job and you wind up fucking there dude fuck a job completely you can go get a different job even in the entertainment sector you can go you can find a job stop diddling kids (laughs) if you see somebody diddling kids you have to stop them (laughs) um fuck your job I'm going to mention four guys by name, four producers. I'm going to call them the Creep Club. Creep Club. Um, Because there were many, many creeps. Yeah. Um, And even some of the child actors themselves grew up. To be creeps. Turned into creeps. And we'll discuss them later. That's how the cycle of violence happens, though. You get messed. Your brain gets scrambled when you're a kid. And then, you you know, you have a scrambled brain. So what are you going to do? You perpetuate the cycle of violence. Yeah. Um, But these four creeps are the creeps who have been caught red-handed. Okay. Ezel Channel. Okay. What? Ezel Channel, maybe? I, I don't know. Okay. Brian Peck, Marty Weiss, Jason Handy, and Dan Schneider. So actually, these creeps have rap sheets that are very long, and they actually have, like, they've been sort of, 
in and out of different lawsuits and things like that. Yeah. But I'm just going to give you like the the basics. Is it so, bad that I laughed because one of their last names is Handy? <laughs> oh my God. No, it's not. Azel right. um, Channel uh, worked at Nickelodeon and was convicted of molesting a child while at Nickelodeon. Okay. Went to jail. Yep. Brian Peck uh, ran comedy boot camp with Dan Schneider, uh, which was a... Um, a place where you would go scout kids to be on Nickelodeon uh, they were shows. Kid scouts. And he worked on all that. Okay. And he was convicted of raping a child on a Nickelodeon set. Okay, great. Okay. Marty Weiss, former manager slash scout. Uh, clients worked on several Nickelodeon shows like iCarly, and he was also convicted of raping a child. God damn it, dude. What the fuck? Jason M. Handy. He was a production assistant on all that and on The Amanda Show, and he is a repeated convicted pedophile. Um, Dan Schneider. Uh, we'll get to him later. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, this is just to say that so many different people, scouts, production assistants, Mm -hmm. script supervisors, dialogue coaches, um, managers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like so many different people on the set at Nickelodeon are convicted pedophiles. Convicted. Imagine the ones that haven't been caught that actually are also like raping and diddling. Yeah. Not to mention just the ones that maybe like are kind of interested and have child porn. Like, I mean, it just, the rabbit hole goes just... It's so down fucked and up. down. It's so fucked up. So I guess not to sum things up too early, but uh, one moral you might take from this episode is if somebody builds a big warehouse with child tunnels in it nearby, <laughs> take note. Take note. Um, Dan Schneider was might paid be a seven... bunch of guys with ankle bracelets wandering around. <laughs> Literally, seven million dollars to leave Nickelodeon in 2018. Shit, and that. I say just to illustrate how much power he wielded within the company. Right. Like they got him out. They paid him to go away to yeah. shoe. Yeah. Whoa. So Dan created slash wrote and produced all that, mm-hmm. which by the way, I auditioned for. You auditioned for all that? Yeah. One of their later seasons. Oh, thank I know. God, babe. I know. Thank I know. God. I did not get past the interview section, so it's fine. A, a, an old refrain on this show. Thank God you were not a fuckable kid. I know. Truly. Like, isn't it? Oh, if you so, had just been so more gross. fuckable as a kid. Like, I hadn't even done any acting yet. They, like, they just do, like, a quick little, like, interview with you. you yeah. Know? Like, uh-huh. it, well, because what are they looking for? Uh, they, yeah, I know what they're looking for. Um, all that. The Amanda Show. <clears throat> Soft me. hands. Buck teeth. Buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, all that, The Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, iCarly, Victorious, Sam and Cat, wow. Henry Danger, The Adventures of Kid Danger, and Game Shakers, which was his last show I think that he worked on uh, at Nickelodeon that premiered in 2015. And that's hosted by Kel Mitchell from all that. Wow. So either Stockholm Syndrome for Kel or greedy or can't get any other jobs in the entertainment industry i bet it's that one i think it's all three damn so this schneider guy was there until 2015 2018 they paid him seven milli to leave god damn yeah wow wow wow, wow. so daniel james schneider was Uh born on january 14th 1966 okay typical capricorn 
Just <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know anything about Capricorns. Um, he grew up in pedophiles? Memphis, Tennessee. They're all pedophiles? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. Uh, he grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh-huh. when it was time for college, he went to his father's alma mater, Harvard. Okay. But he lasted one semester. Okay. Moved back home. And as the story goes, Dan was taking classes at the University of Memphis mm-hmm. when a movie producer saw him in a class, approached him, and asked him to audition for a role in a movie. Uh-oh. I just feel like there's got to be have, more to that story. That may have been where it all started. There has got to be more to that story. In Memphis, Tennessee, a movie producer approaches Dan Schneider to ask him to audition. To ask him to audition for his movie? That there's doesn't make any we, sense make to me. any sense. I picture the guy walking up with like a white suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Suspenders and a bolo tie and a white cowboy hat. I mean. He's like chomping on a piece of piece of grass piece of wheat <laughs> straw that's straw. what they cho- that's what they chew on <laughs> chewing on a piece of straw and he's like well now well now well now <laughs> oh my god seems like we have a future movie star right here yeah so obviously dan is telling why don't the you whole go truth. and unbutton my fly <laughs> no for those questions. soft hands of yours <laughs> this story Mr. makes perfect Schneider. sense as is um so he lands a role in a teen comedy <laughs> Making the grade in 1984. Oh, he made the grade, all oh, right. Oh, my God. When he's 18. <laughs> and then he relocates to Los Angeles, California, where he embarks on a career. And he appears in multiple films. He actually has a decent acting career. Wow. Um, before he becomes a writer for Nickelodeon. Congratulations, he you was, fucking monster. I know. He appeared in a lot of popular films, and he was also on the hit TV sitcom Head of the Class. So in 1994, Dan was 28, and he left he the got industry head as from an actor. The class. <laughs> oh my god! To become one of the creators and head writers of all that. Wow, dude. Um, let me just take this opportunity to show you a picture of Dan Schneider. Okay. Oh, Danny boy. What does he look like? Um, Chris Farley with Down syndrome. Oh my god. Yeah, he's he looks <laughs> a like a bit. marshmallow. He does look like a he looks. He stay looks puffed. like a marshmallow with a wig. He looks like the Michelin Man on it, top. Yes. Yeah, the Michelin Man with the toupee. He does. He's just got listeners. He's just really a big fat guy. He's a big fat ugly with man. With a creepy, creepy little smile, a oh clown my God. smile. Oh my god! And he was raping children. Yes. What a nightmare! I know. Oh my god! He's got it's like, like eleven chins. I mean, this man is. He looks like he could fit a child in his mouth like a chipmunk. <laughs> I know. He's got a big, wide neck sack. <laughs> It looks like it's for, like, you know, it expands like a, when a frog eats something roughly its own size. <laughs> yeah. It's just being being held down by, I mean, he looks like a monster. And he, I mean, he is a monster, like, ethically, but <laughs> yeah. also, like, imagine, like, you're tw- a beautiful 12-year-old girl and that fucking guy waddles into the room. It's time. It's time for our special appointment. Oh, my God. So gross. He looks like he, like, breathes heavily. He does. He looks like he has bad breath. Just oh the whole God. nine yards. So, oh, my God. Um, Dan did something interesting. Dan did something that was not common at the time. So instead of writing the pilot for all that, mm-hmm. he and he would follow this formula in all of his later shows. He decided that they would find the actors first and write for them later. 
instead of writing a pilot and then finding the right kid for the pilot. Okay. He'd yeah. find the right kid and then he'd write the pilot for them, which if you're examining this through the lens of he's a pedophile, is yeah. disturbing. It's so disturbing. It's like, it's like he's going to find the right kid. You know? Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he'll, yeah, exactly. He, He's interested in finding the right kid, and then, you know, the script will come. Yeah. The, the kid is much more important than the script, if you yeah. know what I mean. You know, it's fucked up because if you if you remove the, like, sort of horrid, wretched, uh, disgusting sexual element to it, mm-hmm. th- it makes sense. I mean, that's a good way to do things. Like, And he was really successful doing it. His shows yeah. were the top grossing shows at Nickelodeon. Perfectly tailored to these, these young actors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, um, it's but a good strategy, but not through the. Then lens. you realize he was just out there, like sniffing around like a truffle pig, trying to find, <laughs> oh trying to find the right kid. Yeah, so I found this Twitter uh, called Obscure Nickelodeon, and it seems like it's a oh, Twitter wow. where people send like blind items or send like tips anonymously to this Twitter that mm, I think yeah. he sort of verifies, but anonymously. Okay. And then he'll tweet about it. Yeah. And one of the tweets that I found uh, was that, quote, the auditions for the females, they were required to wear spaghetti straps, <sighs> open-toed shoes, and Dan preferred pigtails on his female characters. Yeah, you know. So if you were going to audition for Dan Schneider, Schneider, you had to be a child wearing a tank top, open-toed shoes, and pigtails. Gross, dude. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's also conjuring up images of poor little Amanda Bynes. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I saw her in spaghetti straps yep, you did. a lot. We're going to talk pigtails. about Amanda Bynes right oh, now. Oh, boy. So yeah, Let's talk. I mean, we would just be remiss. I at this loved point. the Amanda Show was, when I was a kid. Su- such a good show. I watched that show too. I loved it. The Judge Judy parody that the um, like dear what was it like? She had this like advice section or dear it was Penelope like, or something. something. Like that? Or Pe- Penelope was the like character that she played that was obsessed with Amanda that was following oh, her around yeah. everywhere. Remember? Oh yeah. Maybe it was like Dear Amanda actually. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. And then uh, the bring in the dancing lobsters. I always loved that. So good. It was such a good show. I mean, I loved that. I loved that show. So this was his first instance of like taking an actor that he already knew and liked to work with and yeah. making them an entirely new show because she was on all that. She was really successful on mm-hmm. all that. So he wrote the Amanda show for her and it yeah. aired in 1999. Okay. She was discovered at nine years old at one of his kids' comedy camps, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's so awful. Um, her parents were nowhere to be found. Of this course. is common knowledge with when it comes to, you know, the lore of Amanda Bynes. Um, and in fact, she was in a conservatorship, just like Britney Spears. Really? For nine years, and it was just nullified in March 2022. Oh, my God. You know, I seem to remember, like... God, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I remember like her having a public outburst. Oh, many. Where she said she, many. Has she? Yeah. Where she was like, my dad raped me. Like he won't. He's always raping me. And like it was like at an airport or something. Yeah. And we'll she was talk surrounded by that. her family, and they were all like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, this is dark. Okay. So, um, her parents were very hands off. Uh, she. Dan Schneider, however. Hands on. Extremely hands on. Um, she took to binge eating. Okay. To cope with the stress of her very adult job and her very adult schedule. And her very adult, you know, goings you know, on duties. behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. um, and they responded by putting her on Adderall at 11. Oh, yeah. The Judy Garland technique. Exactly. Adderall is meth, by the way. 
Yeah. You realize that? Yeah. Yeah. And she's had many drug problems since. Okay. So, mm-hmm. congrats. Yep. <laughs> congrats. You ruined the entire life of a promising young actor. Exactly. Um, allegedly, Dan Schneider would hold Amanda from behind like her boyfriend. Uh, if you can imagine what I'm talking about, that sort of like body language where you're like swaying someone, oh, you know, you're like horrible. hugging them from behind. Gross. And all the other adults would just watch. Like no one was like, maybe you shouldn't constantly have your arms around this child. This if is exactly what I'm saying. Bad, if you see shit like this happening, you have to tackle that person immediately. I completely agree. There's so footage awful. of Amanda and Dan Schneider in a hot tub together when she's about 12. Ew. And Amanda was even emancipated from her parents at the age of 16 in order to go live with Dan Schneider and his wife. Oh, great. Yeah, that's great. That's good. So good. Yeah. Um, I found fuck, this dude? article. It's called Young, Young, Famous, and In Control. Ew. Gross. Written in uh, 2003. And it says, quote, Amanda Bynes' career was on the upswing as she was starring in such projects as the WB Network series, What I Like About You, which was also, I think, co-produced or co-written by Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider. Yep. And the Warner Brothers pick, What a Girl Wants. Then her agent at Endeavor, her manager, Tallinn Robbins, and her attorney at Myman, Abel, and Feynman, Greenspan and Light, geez, so many lawyers, Shit. were all fired That's by That's a lot of parents. Jews. Mm-hmm. People change, repre- they, her parents says, <laughs> what her parents says? Just forgive me, you guys. People change representation all the time, says her father, Dr. Rick Bynes. He's a dentist, by the way. Okay. Um, we just didn't need any at the time, so we decided not to have any. We just got rid of everybody. But her reps contend that they were caught in the middle of a family squabble. The young star, now 17, was seeking legal emancipation from her parents, who were furious when they discovered that the reps had concealed this from them. Yeah. Yeah. So the reps all knew that this shit with Dan Schneider was going on. Yeah. But the parents didn't. And they were organizing her emancipation behind her parents' back. This is fucking insane. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, yeah. And this article goes on to say, the lure of working with teen stars seems irresistible at first glance. What? It does? It does. To whom? (laughs) I don't know. A kid actor with a built-in Nickelodeon or Disney Channel audience is a home run, says one producer. These kids have followings you can't believe. Oh, I see what what they mean. Yeah. But they also are like, hmm, working with a little mm, sexy young teen. Um, It says, and they come cheaper than adult stars. Instead of paying some actor $10 million and 10% of first dollar gross, you're paying a kid a million or two. Okay, we should burn the whole thing down, babe. Yes, so crazy. This whole industry needs to get absolutely burned to the ground. Agent Cody what Banks producer and David Glasser, himself a former child star, ugh, ugh. notes that the stumbling block isn't just schooling hours on set. It's the amount of hours that a kid can work in one day that concerns producers. Again, this is why Hence, Florida. filming in Florida. But wow. if they can't, so we're talking about WB and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a regular production day frequently can be 18 to 20 hours, but child labor laws put a cap of 6 to 10 hours on a kid's work. Yeah. Only emancipated minors can legally extend that limitation. Hillary Whoa. Duff's attorney, Michael Fuller, frets, 
I've had studios say the under 18 actor would probably receive the role if he or she were to just work adult hours. They never say only if he or she were emancipated, but it's implied. This is so fucking disgusting, dude. So gross. Imagine being the guy. Again, like imagine that thought popping into your head and you don't immediately go, oh, God, no, that would never happen. Like the idea, some studio head going like, well, you know, we could just separate this kid from his mom and dad and then he could work for 20 hours a day. Legally. If that pops into your head, you should either you should either a kill yourself or be immediately like go to confession. I was going to say go on a long retreat somewhere in the mountains. Somewhere deep really in the mountains. Yeah. Bring your journal and really get real with your with yourself exactly, and your thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um you know, she got emancipated and she went to go live full time with Dan Schneider and his wife. Mm-hmm. By the way, I have so many questions for that his wife. That is so fucked. Um, and she's had mental health troubles, troubles with the law. Obviously, you know, she struggled uh, struggled under that conservatorship that lasted nine years. Yeah. Um, drug and alcohol dependency issues and uh-huh. just, you know, stuff over the last Horrid. decade or more. Horrid. Um, so in... 2018 when dan stepped down from the network Mm -hmm. amanda posted this online march 27th 2018 it says quote last night after the news broke about a certain producer an actress all of you know who knows the producer as well as anyone sent me this Oh, I'm sorry. This is the person who runs an anonymous blog about hollywood got it and he, that was what he was saying. This he is received from this from Amanda Bynes. Thank you for all of your ongoing support. I don't know how any of these men sleep at night. But if there's one thing that With I do With a child. Know, <laughs> it's that what's done in the dark always comes to light. Mm. Sorry, thought that was clever. Smiley face. Unfortunately, I will obviously not be making any comment whatsoever. For obvious reasons, and unfortunately, I feel as though the only way that legitimate stories can make the headlines regarding underscore is if others publicly speak on his behavior. Underscore was truly like a second father to me, but things changed. After the second incident, I don't know if I will ever be able to have children or have the family of my dreams. Jesus. People have been picking this scab for years. I just won't be the one who finally rips it off. Wow. I mean, I can understand why. I mean, part of what's so hard about bringing criminals like this to justice is like trying to get people to testify against them. It's really painful for them. It's you're reliving all of the trauma. Yeah. When something that horrible happens to you, you want it to just go away forever and to never have to think about it again. And you just go back to your normal life. Obviously, that's impossible when the trauma is so big like this. But like drugs and alcohol help, though. Yeah, drugs help. They help you feel normal for ten seconds. <laughs> they help you not think about it. They help pain. you not think Go about it. They definitely on. are distracting. That's for sure. But like, I understand completely why she can't be the person. Yeah. She just can't bring herself to do it. She's not strong enough in that regard. And shouldn't be expected. To and be. shouldn't be expected to. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. We also don't know what kind of legal arrangement she may or may not have i think that's why she's being so careful with her wording and stuff you know what i mean but what's implied here is enough for me not being a court of law not being a juror to understand what she's saying and to draw the right conclusions from it and by the way 
I can't do anything punitive to Dan Schneider besides just say he's a piece of shit pedophile yeah. on the record. But, yeah. you know, beyond that, I can't put him in jail or anything like that. By the know? way, like, you know, like the James Franco thing settled in court and like, or I mean, settled out of court. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if there was any, any sort of like financial reward that may, may or may not be have take, like... If Amanda got some sort of agreement mm-hmm. that a was settlement. Yeah. more like hush money or something uh-huh. like or some settlement for something that was done to her like I have no I don't I don't think it's wrong for victims to do what they need to do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, to take the settlement. It's, it's up to the victim to decide if that if that is what's going to work for them. What's worth it? You know, I yeah. would like to think that I would be the type of person that would you know, turn down money for outing someone and bringing light to an issue and and bringing someone to justice. But it's just not that easy. It never yeah. is, yeah. especially when, like you mentioned, that person is still in extreme pain from the yeah, issue at hand. Out. You know. Yeah, and is just trying to, with all of their might, just trying to live a normal life yeah. and get past. I all would this never shit. fault a victim yeah. for any. I personally think that you are exactly the type of bitch who would who would go to court. Like yeah. you, I you've got the life force, if you know what I mean. You've Thanks. got you're not so easily um, stomped on. God, hopefully I'll never have to do that. Yeah, well, you never will. Um, but I'm saying you did rat on James Franco to the L.A. Times. I did without even being involved. You know <laughs> I what I mean? Did. I did. It had to be said. Um, but so oh what we're referring to listeners by the way is that very quickly Kelsey Ann was in a class that was taught by James Franco and the class didn't go very well and then all of a sudden she gets called by the LA Times for comment on like his sexual misconduct and she was like I don't know anything about that but I know he's not a good teacher and he's a fucking grouch and his class was a piece of shit and it was money laundering yeah basically he's a grouch he's a grouch (laughs) that's that was my favorite line He's a grouch. And they printed that. They did. They did. Um, so what else you should know about this statement from Amanda? Yeah. Is that there are certain letters capitalized. Oh, wow. It's and cryptography. Capital letters spell Dan did it. Whoa. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. God damn. Okay. Okay. Respect to. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking respect to Amanda Bynes's bipolar schizophrenic <laughs> ass for hiding coded messages inside of her cryptic uh, tweets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her DMs. So in 2014... That is such a, a schizophrenic thing I to know. do, isn't it? It's like cutting out newspaper letters and pasting them together. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool and I believe her. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jeez. Dan made it that oh, way. Well, and, you know... This is all without going into the the statement that like after the second incident, like I may not ever be able to have children. Yeah, God only that, knows what that means. Not to dwell on this, but that means one of two things to me: either the idea of having children is too painful because you were a child who was yeah. abused, and you would never want your child to risk having that happen to them. Even the mere possibility of what happened to her happening to a child of her own is too terrifying to even. It disturbing you mentally so much that you're not able to function normally and not able to parent. Like you'd never Mm -hmm. be able to 
be responsible for other people because it's done you that much damage. Yeah. Or. I know what you're about to say. You had to get an abortion. Yeah. And that greatly affects fertility depending on especially yeah. like certain complications. That it literally, happen. she may literally mean her ovaries don't work anymore yeah. after what happened. Yeah. So in 2014, Amanda tweeted, it. and this is the tweet you were referring to, mm-hmm. that her father abused her. She right. wrote, he called me ugly as a child, then asked me if I wanted to have sex with him. My dad fondled himself in front of me so many times that I started recording him on my phone in hopes of catching him. Jesus. Now, I think, I have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory about What's this. What's your theory? Earlier that month she tweeted something that was uh, blank 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 Mm -hmm. was like a father to me don't forget that okay so this blank guy so dan schneider we all know who she's talking about okay yeah was a father to me oh i see what you're saying this tweet was referring to dan schneider like my father he was like a father to me my father fondled himself in front of me more times than I could count. Yeah, that's I get what you're saying. my theory anyway. Okay, um, yeah, that's not to thought, say sure. that she definitely couldn't have been r-worded by her own father. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah. Have no idea. And if that is what she's saying, I believe her. But I just, with all this, like Dan, Dan's like a father to me stuff mm-hmm. that she made sure she said before, especially if she's in some sort of agreement, mm-hmm. if she's legally bound to maybe an NDA or something. Mm-hmm. She's not allowed to say Dan Schneider raped me. Yeah. Without yeah. significant legal recourse and these people would come for her. Uh they will bury you financially. She probably doesn't even have any money left. You I know? mean it's you know, I used to think Nickelodeon as being like an independent studio that was like kind of like a small time thing. But of course not. Every media company that you know is owned by one of six different corporations. Yeah, it's owned so by Viacom. It's not fucking, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not biggest, fucking Nickelodeon basically. and Nickelodeon's lawyers. It's yeah. fucking Viacom, Universal CBS. Studios. And it's not just Universal Studios, it's Viacom, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. Yeah, and if you fuck with Viacom, I mean, this is like we're getting to the level of business where they can literally like send assassins to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can do extrajudicial things because they're that big and powerful and rich. Yeah, there's only like what, like six media companies in the world or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's what I, I was forgot. saying. Yeah. But I, so I just, that's my suspicion. That's yeah. all. Totally. Um, she also goes on to say that her mother knew about the abuse and she was contacting a lawyer to get a restraining order. Yeah. But it never, like, happened. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like it's that statement can ring true whether she's talking about her own biological father or if she's talking about Dan. Like, her mom did know. Yeah. She went to go live with Dan when she was 16. Yeah, right. Her mom knew what was going on. Yeah. And didn't care. That's so sad. That's so fucked Um, up. Just my little pet theory. So I don't know anything about it, but it sounds right to me. She also, uh, basically everyone in her family was like, oh, this is not true. Like, um, we are very saddened to hear that she's tweeting this, uh, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So she then tweeted, my dad never did any of those things. The microchip in my brain made me say those things, but he's the one that ordered them to microchip me. Yeah. See, that's more how I, I remember the story. Yeah. So that, 
I don't know, man. Maybe so. Here's maybe you could get a little schizophrenic yourself. Maybe you need to go through Amanda Bynes's tweets and look for capital letters. random capital letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that microchip stuff. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, so she was ahead of the curve. We all got our microchips in 2020. Yeah, with the vaccine. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so there's another. Uh, Nickelodeon child star that's really in the news right now and and this is kind of why I got into or got fascinated by this Nickelodeon drama yeah um her name is Jeanette McCurdy Jeanette probably McCurdy. a lot of our listeners do know like you know about Jeanette McCurdy because she has a recently come out with a memoir called I'm glad my mother died I'm glad my mom died or Whoa. something like that um I mean, I think it's more of a, a catchy cheeky, title. Though. Yeah, it's a catchy title. Um, but her mom did die, and her mom was pretty manipulative and yeah. forced her into acting at a young age and Damn. kind of et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, I mean, I see a picture of her here hugging iCarly. Yeah, yeah. She was on iCarly. Oh, she was. Okay. Yeah. iCarly was another show that I never watched, but yeah, I know I, that. I didn't watch it either. I think I was a little old for that it. That one girl from School of Rock was the star of that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she says that, well, she alleges a lot of like, not strictly sexual abuse on her part, but that Mm -hmm. she saw a lot of weird shit, that the producers were creepy, that they were, uh, manipulative, that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have been acting the way they were in front of, Mm. uh, children, that they would text the children, Dan Schneider included, after hours, like to their personal phones, like just texting them shit. Horrible. If you need to speak to that child, you can speak to the parent. Like, what no is so shit. important that you have to be talking to an 11 year old over text? Literally nothing. So weird. Yeah. Um, but she also says that she was offered $300,000 hush money to uh, sign something that said she would not talk about Dan Schneider wow. after leaving Nickelodeon. Damn. Yeah, she didn't take it. She wrote a memoir about her life yeah, as a child good for star her. instead. Good for her, dude. Um, and yeah, she's she's left the industry as an actor entirely. She's good for her a director on that respect and a writer. Well. And uh, yeah, she has a lot to say. So if you guys want to check her out, Jeanette McCurdy. Um, Dan also says in an interview, I think on a red carpet at some point, well, you know, I'm, I'm the writer. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm the writer, so... I can put these kids in whatever kind of, you know, sticky situation I want to put them in. Like, Ugh. it's really fun. I can make them do whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, terrible. Like a weird thing to say. It's so horrible. Um, I can so, make them dress in a bikini and clean out my car. Yeah. Literally. That's so funny. <laughs> so apparently he took that sort of like, I'm the writer, I can make I them can, do whatever. Yeah, make you do whatever I want. Yeah. In like many different ways. And I'll, you'll start to see them now if you look at like creepy clips of Dan Schneider shows or whatever, like a lot of stuff will come up. Oh, man. And But like one, some of them are more punitive where it seems like Jeanette McCurdy was a little less liked on set because she was more opinionated. Yeah. And she says she wasn't abused. But by the way, you know, she did start dating a 30-something producer from the show when she was under 18. No. They, like, they first, like, had pictures publicly, like, saying that they were, like, dating when she was 18. But the timeline, if you look at it, suggests that they knew each other and, like... 
they definitely knew each other, but potentially and probably were dating by the time she was like 16 or 17. Ew, God damn it, dude. So even something like that, where it's like, I guess she's not being diddled, but like a 38-year-old guy is dating a, like a 17-year-old. It's just like How weird. How is it not Ew. being diddled, though? I mean, right. the only I mean, difference is that you're calling it a romantic relationship. Yeah, you know? and, and she was calling it that at the time. And, you know, ugh, grooming in my mind. But um, And he also, you know, had her character. So she had an eating disorder. Yeah. And he had her character like constantly be stuffing her face oh my god that's horrible and i just felt i i my theory theory corner yeah um it's just like it was sort of like watch your fucking back a little yeah. bit like it, it felt like a punishment of like i know things about you yeah and i'm gonna make you do things more like i'm gonna make you do this type of stuff if you continue to be obstinate on my set like a problem yeah oh, that's so horrible dude yeah I, I got curious while you were while you were explaining that, and, and I looked up creepy Dan Schneider show moments, and I, I only watched five seconds of a video, and the, literally the first five seconds are like iCarly like licking someone's foot. It's so fucked up. I'm like, ew, what 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 possible context is there for this on so a TV show? So let's talk about feet. Oh, let's talk about feet, baby. So. Can I just say something real quick? Mm-hmm. When we were driving past the the Nickelodeon studios in Burbank, the Nickelodeon sign out front is a giant orange foot. Oh, yeah. With the word Nickelodeon in it. Yep. So what's going on with the feet? Well, someone anonymously came forward to the obscure Nickelodeon Twitter. Yeah. And said that this person was a... a child actor Mm -hmm. Um, and it says when this person landed a small role on unfabulous back in 2004 dan's assistant told her mom that they would send her on a graduation party to celebrate for landing the role the girl's mother stepped in and said that her daughter was not going to go to this party alone yeah and then they insisted and they pushed saying that it was a requirement for them to go alone and, quote, meet the producer. How is this a requirement? I just don't understand how you're going to convince a parent, any parent who's thinking about it, going like, oh, no, no, no. It's a requirement that they go by themselves and be there alone with an adult. And furthermore, it was a no-shoe party. Whoa. And she and the mother oh, was no. asked if there was any problem with them photographing her daughter's feet. Oh no, dude. God damn it. Yep. That's where this feet thing is going. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake, dude. So Taisha, remember Taisha all the way back from all that? Yeah. She says that the producers were obsessed with two things. Okay. Cheese. Cheese, all right. That it came up a lot, that people said it a lot, that it was involved in a lot of jokes on all that in a way that seemed like, what's the deal with cheese? What does this mean? Yeah, okay. Which she relates to like Pizzagate. Oh, shut up. Seriously? Yeah. No. I mean, why can't that be a theory? 
I mean, why can't, why can't that actually be a, a code name for little girls? I don't know, babe. I don't why know. else are they obsessed with cheese jokes? Well, make any but sense. the thing is with Pizzagate, there is nothing in the basement. Like there's no basement. You know what I mean? Like there's no. Well, the, there's a basement at Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah. There's <laughs> tunnels at Nickelodeon. I'm not talking about the actual pizza place in DC. That okay, everyone's yeah. over that. But she literally is just saying like it was a code name for like we got little girls. That's what she thinks. That's Taisha Hampton's opinion on that. Okay. Not Jeez. saying if it's mine or not. I'm just saying she noticed that the word cheese and like cheese pizza was being used a lot. And mm-hmm. she was like, mm, what? Wow. And that's what she relates it to. The second thing up. that she found that the producers were obsessed with, besides putting her titties in their mouth, was feet. They were all obsessed with feet. All the way back in 1994. Jesus Christ, dude. And little children's little feet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't even really know how to talk about the foot thing. It's just like, like you said, the logo's a foot. They were executives who were asking mothers to send their little girls yeah, alone. Weird little to barefoot no photo parties. Yeah, barefoot photo. I mean, I can't make it any more obvious than that. And then if you watch, just listeners, Google Dan Schneider feet and you will find compilation after compilation of like feet references, feet situations in his. TV shows that go above and beyond like a few times. Yeah, I like, mean, it's, like it's nearly constant. You will not be able to unsee this shit now. It's like there's scenes with like girls like putting their feet in milk. There's like scenes where like you have to like put ketchup all over this girl's foot, or like scenes where like there's a scene with 16 year old Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, yeah, who is uh putting her feet in her mouth. She's like sucking her sucking feet. Sucking her own toes. I mean, there's just so much feet stuff. I mean, like and you could you could say that like he's trying to he's trying to make like foot jokes cuz like little kids think stinky feet are yucky and funny and stuff. Oh. But it goes way beyond that. Yeah. And also like that's disproved because the fucking barefoot photo party with the executives wasn't like about a TV show. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was purely for the people behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, that sort of disproves also, that Also, don't you remember all the stuff on Nickelodeon about like toe jam? Toe jam. Yeah. Don't you remember that? Yeah. I remember that being a, a theme. <laughs> yeah. But why was it a theme? Like, I just think I there's know. more behind that than kids find feet funny. It's like, yeah. why was everything feet, toe jam, You know, it's funny. Feet? I'm thinking back and I all... You know, this is anecdotal, and I'm also looking back through the fog of like 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I, I don't think that I used to think foot stuff was funny. I used to like, I, the, you know, they'd be like show stinky feet on TV, and I'd be like, I don't, my feet don't smell bad. Like, I don't understand it. I don't think this is funny. So it's cult, it's media creating what a child thinks is funny. Well, that, but also like your feet don't start really smelling bad until you're in your adolescence, until you're Mm -hmm. an adult. You know what I mean? Because you get those sweat glands. Like you don't really start having body odor that much until you're, until you're in your adolescence. Yeah. So like the stinky foot trope is like about grown men's feet. Yeah, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just weird. Not little kids' feet. I don't know. It's just gross. They're foot fetishists. I I don't remember ever finding feet funny either, but I think I was like, 
like I think we were all groomed into thinking that feet were funny and that like well, yeah. jam I mean, was there, funny. There's like, jokes that reinforce themselves. Yeah, and it's like, I mean? oh, I guess feet are funny. Yeah, you know I what guess I mean? so. So yeah. like, okay, feet are funny now. Right, right, right. right. Um, I wonder, so <laughs> I've also never thought feet were sexy in any well, way. Well, dear They're God. They're purely functional to me. Yeah. But this is funny because, you know, this is sort of a sidebar, but your humble host, Kelsey Ann, has a wiki feat dedicated to her. Oh, that's true. That has pictures from her social media profile that somebody all compiled and uploaded onto this website, wiki feet. Yeah. Um, where people like trade photos of sexy ladies' feet and then rank them. Yeah. How fucking crazy is it's that? It's really weird. I think it was, I think it was probably a guy I met on a set. You think so? <laughs> I just have a feeling. You have a feeling about yeah. somebody? Yeah. yeah. Damn. And they have like details about me wrong. Like they have my shoe size wrong. Like somebody who really fine. knew you. But yeah. they like say that I'm from New Jersey and stuff. Like they don't, it's it's not someone that knows me, but I. it's it's someone that has <sighs> met me, I'm sure. Ugh, you met a foot pervert. I did. Uh, <sighs> ew. Uh. You know, Quentin Tarantino also famously has a foot fetish. And he like, you know, he writes movie scenes where like hot ladies take off their shoes. Yeah. Um, he once wrote a scene... I think it was in Desperado where um, Selma Hayek makes him. He was an actor in some movies. Selma Hayek makes him like suck her toe or something like oh, that. Oh, Quentin. Yeah, seriously. Don't be so obvious. <laughs> Gross, dude. Seriously. But they're the writers. They can put their characters in whatever, in whatever kind situation of crazy they situation yeah. they want. Ugh. Yeah, so there was an actor... Uh, Daniela Monet, I think, mm -hmm. who was in Zoe 101 and Victorious. And she was a little older. Um, mm -hmm. She was playing like the older sister of the main character in Victorious. Gotcha. And she actually went to the office mm -hmm. and complained that she was having to film a scene where she was putting lip gloss on and mm -hmm. deep throating a pickle. What? Are you shitting me? No. And she was like, this is not appropriate. That like, is I am not appropriate. I don't want to do that. What the fuck, And man? she was also complaining that there was a scene that they had shot already uh -huh. where it's... And the episode is called The Wood. And uh -huh. it's a scene where her character gets doused in lotion all over her face. Like, someone squirts lotion all over her face and hair. Oh, and I like, see. Yeah, it, and it looks like a cum shot. It does. Jesus. And it does on the show. I've seen the clip. Jesus, And dude. also that she felt like her wardrobe was sexual. Her, that they were making her wear, like, sexualized clothing. And she was just like, this is not, this is not right for a kid's show. Dude, that's fucked up. Yeah. So, and then what happened to her? So the next episode, after complaining, uh -huh. is called Who Did It to Trina, her character's name. Trina. Uh -huh. And it's an entire episode where she's tortured over and over again in flashbacks because the characters on the show are trying to figure out who killed Trina. What? And they're like, maybe someone killed her like this. Like... This is terrible. So she had to film a bunch of like scenes that were like their hypothetical flashbacks of what terrible thing happened to her. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and she gets to this believe, for complaining. I have to believe that that's what that is. That is so wild, dude. Yeah. Fuck that. So did you know that there's also a um, an, an allege, mm -hmm. an allegation mm -hmm. that... Jamie Lynn Spears, who was the star of Zoe 101, mm -hmm. Jamie Lynn's 
baby that she was pregnant with as a teenager is Dan Schneider's. No, seriously? It's just an allegation. Oh my God. But that like, there's, there's a rhyme there with what you were speculating about Amanda yeah. Bynes earlier. Yeah. I mean, it'll never be gnarly. proven, but the father is completely anonymous. Like, yeah. there's no one that she even says is the father. Like, oh, for you know, sake, dude. yeah, and God, th- that's, that's what made her leave Zoe 101, and the show, the show ended, and all that, that's <laughs> all terrible. that, and all that. Furthermore, remember I told you about Dan's comedy kids camp? Yeah. So he had his own like little like scouting operation, mm-hmm. but. Through researching that, I learned that, I don't know if it still exists, but there there was this camp or were these camps where parents would send a summer camp, mm-hmm. their children who were trying to be actors in Hollywood to mm-hmm. this actors, kid actor summer camp where they would, okay, again, first off, be never, separated from their never parents. Never in my fucking life. Our, you know, listeners, you know our children are forbidden from acting. But also like a sleepaway summer camp for acting. Yeah. Not happening. And the the purpose, everyone knew, it was a big deal to send your kid to this camp because everyone knew the purpose of this camp was to be scouted by executives. Yeah. Not happening, You dude. would do a little acting classes, whatever, and then you would do like, you know, you'd, they'd have you play beach volleyball or horseback riding or whatever. Yeah. But the rumor among the kids was to go to the pool. There was a pool on the site. and You get picked by the pool. It was frequently known known and spread that in order to get spotted, in order to get picked, you had to get in a bathing suit and go to the pool. Oh, that's terrible. Because that's where the executives were. Fucking terrible, dude. Um, Allegedly, Hillary Duff was at this camp. And um, the really hot one, um, fucking... Megan Fox went to this oh, camp. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. That's horrendous. I didn't know these things existed. That's like, horrendous. Like, it's so gross. It, this industry really is all just about who wants to fuck you the most. It is. Oh, and I want to remind you, remember what Dan said his uniform was for the the girls, if you wanted your kid to be successful yep. auditioning for Dan. Spaghetti strap. Open-toed shoes. Open-toed shoes so you can see your fucking little suckable he wants toes. wants to see your little toes. Oh, that's horrible. So gross. God damn so it, dude. just one more thing briefly before we go is I want to touch a little on the economics of it because okay. as was mentioned in one of those articles, you can pay a child much, much less than you would have to pay an adult for the same amount of work, basically. Right. You know, um, and it reminds me of Lou Pearlman, which is funny because both of these things were happening in Orlando in the 90s. Right about the same time. Yeah. yeah where, you know, he would choosing these teen boys who didn't really have, well, in his case, didn't have strong father figures for the Mm, most part. mm -hmm. And that was sort of intentional. And in Nickelodeon and in Dan Schneider's case, it was like parents who were maybe naive or maybe just hands off, you know, in a cynical way. Yeah. Um, But either way, they would get these kind of teens from broken homes Mm -hmm. to work for them uh, under a lot of promises and then sexualize them. Lou Pearlman also... Sounds like Jeffrey fucking Epstein. You know what I mean? Uh, Lou Pearlman also showed them porn. Remember? Yeah, I do remember that. And showed them porn and they were like, oh, okay. So I guess showing kids porn is like a thing. That's like a tactic. Yeah, I think so. To get them to... Ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, But so 
Keaton and Kel mm-hmm. were paid dog shit. Keenan and Kel. And I'm sure this extends to many of other cast members and, wow. and situations. Yeah, but, but Keenan and Kel, who were some pretty big stars, they had their own huge separate movies and stuff. Separate spin-off series. Wow. Yeah. Um so on the show, Keenan and Kel were paid six hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which today in today's money would be one point one million. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not peanuts. No, it's um, But if you think about how popular that show was. Yeah, and how much money was making Nickelodeon. And that they were the stars of the show. And yeah. it was their name on the show. Yeah, seriously. And not only that, they were the stars. It was about them. It was centered on them from their star power from all that that they already gained. Mm-hmm. But they were the writers and the producers. Oh no way! So they had more. They had more credits than just being actors on the show. They would write the sketches. Fuck, dude. They wrote that show. They were entitled to a lot more money. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. Yeah. Wow. So it makes and me wonder what kind of peanuts they were being paid on all that. Yeah, I know. Had to have been absolutely nothing. Had to be nothing. So uh, I know that Kel Mitchell was 15 when he was on all that. Jesus Christ. And they were the writers. Yep. So wow. then by 17, they had Keenan and Kel. Uh-huh. And then by 18, they were doing Good Burger and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Good Burger, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they said, they, they went to the studio and asked for a pay raise Around the time of Good Burger, they asked yeah. for a pay raise for uh, Keenan and Kel. Yeah. They wanted to get paid $50,000 more. Yeah. That's not that much. No, not a hard bargain. And they were told that they would not up their pay, but that they would give them a writer credit and a producer credit. Oh, my God. They were already writing and producing the show. They'd been doing they it for years. for it. This is so fucked up, dude. And apparently, just like Lou Pearlman... Their housing, they were put up in these luxurious condos right across the street from set mm-hmm. and limos to and from set and mm-hmm. to and from, you know, the airports, private planes to go do press tours, to go do interviews, right. whatever, right. probably to be on like TRL in fucking Manhattan yeah, or whatever yeah. was uh-huh. popular. Those were taken out of that, that pay. That no way. $650,000 God a year. damn it, dude. And this is Universal fucking Studios. And not only that, but no royalties. No no royalties? No royalties. You've got to be kidding me. And they were doing two shows back to back. So Taisha Hampton, the ex-wife, alleges, I didn't research to see if this was true, that that $650,000 a year was their salary for working for Nickelodeon, meaning that... They were doing all that, Keenan and Kel and Good Burger, at the same time. Jesus Christ. And not being dude. paid separately for those three things. Oh my God. That is Isn't that so crazy? fucked. And they knew that they could get away with that because they were kids yep. and they didn't know enough to have like good lawyers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then imagine Shit. all like your team, right? So that's yeah. $650,000 a year for doing three jobs, not just three jobs, because they were writers on all that in certain ways because they were doing the sketches. They yeah. were writers on Keenan and Cal, producers on Keenan and Cal. Yeah. They had, that That was not, um, you know, their housing, their travel, their all that was being taken out of it. 
And then paying their team after agents, after managers, after lawyers, after publicists, all that. (laughs) I keep saying all that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's on your brain. And and apparently, Kel's mother was skimming off the top. (sighs) Classic. I don't know about Keenan. Yeah. Um, Without his wife, Taisha, knowing, but she found out about it. Of course. And apparently, they were left with $120,000 a year. God. for a family of four because they had two kids. Jesus Christ, dude. And, you know, I mean, it's better than a lot of people, but not for that type of work. At no. that type of level, with that type of fame and exposure not from a network that big. Wow. It's just, it's absolute raisins. I mean, when it's you, just, raisins, it is, they're working for raisins. They are. When you were talking about earlier, when Kel came back to host again and that he had Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. I didn't like quite understand exactly the situation that he had been through. Yeah. God, that's fucked up, dude. That, and then, and I can talk about this on a separate episode. It's, I went down the rabbit hole on Kel Mitchell. Oh yeah? The man is crazy. Really? The man is crazy. Oh my God. We should have, we should do a Kel episode. Yeah, I can. Shit, we could do a we could do a, a an Amanda Bynes episode too. Oof, yeah, that that that's dark. Damn, you know she has like Floridian. face tattoos and stuff now. She has face tattoos. Yeah. Oh my god, like like Aaron, like Aaron Carter. Carter, a Florida man. Yeah, Aaron Florida Carter man. truly is a Florida man. And a Lou Pearlman graduate. Yes, and he just started an OnlyFans with his wife. It's called no. the House of Carters. No, and it's him and his wife having sex together. Oh my on god. OnlyFans. Well, at least it's his wife. I guess. But Jesus Christ, man. Oh, the how the mighty have fallen. kids are going to grow up and see that. They've got two kids. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. He went from I want candy to fucking... I need candy. I need candy <laughs> desperately. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Dan Schneider stepped down Good in God, 2018. But, you know, I think the culture still pervades. It, it's... This is my problem with stories like this or stories like Harvey Weinstein or even like Jeffrey Epstein. It's like the idea of like, oh, we got the bad guy. Like Dan, we got Dan Schneider to resign. Like we got the bad guy, you know? And it's like, no, it takes a whole culture of people that support this for this to go on for that long. In the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just. So it takes an entire, like it takes takes as many people to take it down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good God, dude. I mean, this whole industry is so sick. I'm so disappointed to learn that this was happening at Nickelodeon, yeah. of all places. You know, I just thought for some reason it just seemed like such a wholesome network. In um, 2021, the New York Times reported that Nickelodeon's um, decision to sever ties with Schneider came after Viacom CBS uh, completed an internal investigation that found evidence of verbal abuse. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and some of his colleagues, I guess, also spoke to the Times saying that he found they found Schneider to be incredibly difficult to work with and he was prone to tantrums. Um, but okay. the investigation did not find any evidence of sexual misconduct. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's just like I mean, when a police department investigates, investigates itself. itself yeah. yeah. When asked about the allegations, Schneider defended his work and said that if people found him to be hard to work with, it was because he maintained high standards as a showrunner. They all say they that. They all say that. Fucking narcissist on top of everything else. On top of fucking everything else. And apparently, he is still selling TV pilots to other networks. No shit. Yeah. So he's still in business. Basically, yeah. He says, Crazy. after a, quote, three-year hiatus... Um, he announced that he had several new projects in development God. and 
um, the New York Times commented that he seemed set on returning to television and reintroducing his brand of comedy to new audiences. He said that a television pilot he's working on is ambitious and very different and that basically he's taken this time to attend to like his personal needs that he had been putting himself on the back burner for so long and he's <laughs> oh, yeah. lost 100 pounds or something like that. But oh, it's like, God. okay, whatever, you guys. Dude, that's so sad. Yeah. By the way, there are child labor laws in Florida today. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Currently. But good God. <laughs> yeah. That's such a shitty. That's such a shitty like legacy for Florida to have been the place where they were able to get away with raping all the kids because of the child labor laws. It's still pretty light though, because I, I believe it. Florida is what it. What's the term? Quote unquote pro business. Oh yeah, a you know? like a for work state or yeah, whatever. Like yeah, right to work. Right to work. So. Um, it says that they're permitted to work eight hours a day, forty hours a week, six days a week when school is out. Okay. But I wonder how that computes when you say you're homeschooled. Oh, Jesus. And it says during a school day, only three hours are permitted, followed by another school day, except if enrolled in a vocational program. So, dude, by the way, I I looked up Amanda Bynes and you were not kidding. She has got a big face tattoo. Yeah, and it's bad. And it looks like it's like poking stick. It does. It looks like a stick and poke. And it's, um, it's just an outline of a heart, kind of misshapen. On her on her right cheek, yeah, and it's like, babe, what, why, why? Maybe it's just to make sure she'll never be on television ever again. <laughs> oh, that could be it. I love that. I don't for know her. what possesses somebody in her situation to fucking get a tattoo on her face. It's crazy. Also, she's you know she looks like an alcoholic. She's got a big puffy face. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and like look good. dead eyes kind of yep. in a faraway glance. Yep. Yeah. Oof. Yikes. Poor Amanda. Yeah. But, you know, just to come back to Florida here, I read an academic paper uh, called There's No Business Like Show Business, Child Entertainers and the Law by Jessica Kriegd. Okay. And um, Florida was brought up a lot of times in this article. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I'm going to read you a little snippet. Please. It says, throughout American history, there have been many changes in the perception of children as laborers. Today, society as a whole no longer considers children to be viable members of the labor force, and the federal government has enacted regulations to monitor the work a minor may do. However, there is a glaring hole in the federal laws and regulations pertaining to employment of minors. Children working in the entertainment industry are exempt from the Fair Labor Standards Act, FLSA. Mm. Thus, regulation of this industry is left to individual states. This has led to inconsistency among the various states in regulating child entertainers, with some states offering less protection than others for minors working in this industry. Kids in entertainment face a number of challenges from both their employers and their parents, which uniformity in the law should address. Unfortunately, childhood can become very complicated for a young person involved in the entertainment industry. Yeah. State and federal law regarding children working in this industry have interacted and developed in such a way as to leave children with less protection than is necessary. In general, society views parents as protectors of their children and leaves it to them almost absolute control over decisions regarding their children's well-being. However, when the money and perks of a career in entertainment enter the picture, some parents can no longer be presumatively viewed as protectors of their children. 
Minors working as entertainers are frequently left without anyone to look out for them, and it is for this reason that the federal government needs to step in and take action. This comment will offer um, historical background for the laws pertaining to child entertainers, discuss the laws in three states where a majority of entertainment production takes place, California, mm. Florida, and New York, yep. and finally argue that federal intervention is needed to address the problems inherent in the desperate state legisla- legislation in place today. Jeez, dude. I just love that Florida got a call out there. I would expect yeah. California and New York, but they're saying California, New York, and Florida. Yeah, well, Florida seems like the place to go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Man, it's so crazy. It's it's reminding me. You and I have produced stuff before, like films and also theater, and we've we've also worked with child actors. Like mm-hmm. you and I once played um, husband. And w- we played uh, Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette, and we needed a kid to play our son. We so we hired a, a little kid named Samantha, and her fucking mom was there with her every single day. Oh her, yeah, Samantha's mom was always there. Always keeping an eye out. I mean, not that like there would be anything untoward happening, obviously, on any of our sets or in any of our productions. But nonetheless, her mom was there fucking paying attention every single day. Yep. And um, I'm just so astounded that that's not just what, an, what any, any parent, parent would, would do. do in this yeah. situation, especially when the stakes are much, much higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, what a fucking tragedy for all these kids that got molested at Nickelodeon, of all places. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you're you starting your career as like a successful TV star, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're in the closet with Dan Schneider. Yeah. So fucked up. And he's rubbing your feet and rubbing sucking on your, your toes. And oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. So sad. Mm-hmm. Damn, babe. Well, I mean... That shows me for being so naive about Nickelodeon, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. You know what uh, What exists inside of the old Universal Studios Nickelodeon what? building? What? The Blue Man Group. The Blue Man Group is there now, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah. God damn. Have you ever seen the Blue Man Group? I have in Vegas. I saw them in Vegas, too, oh, when I was like eight years old. Yeah, when I was like 14 They're awesome. They rule. Yeah, I loved it. Well, that's an upshot. I mean, the Blue Man Group is cool. That's yeah, exactly. So it all it all wound up with a happy ending after all. After all. Okay. Well, fuck, dude. What a bummer. I need. I feel like I need to go on a run. And shake this all <laughs> off of me. Yeah, me too. Poor Amanda Bynes, man. I can't get her face out of my head now. Yeah, she looks wrecked. She does look wrecked. She is wrecked. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We love you all. Um, w- uh, we are Florida Woman Pod. On Instagram, on Patreon, we are Florida Woman Pod. Um, you can reach us at Gmail if you want to like share a story with us at floridawoman.pod at gmail.com. Yeah, we and love hearing from you guys. Yeah, we do. If you shout to us, we'll shout you out. I too. mean, my phone is broken, so I might not, you know, like answer right now. <laughs> sure, Kelsey I- <laughs> broke her phone yesterday. I was really excited by Tiafo in the U.S. Open, and I've just been like getting really into tennis in my mind all of a sudden. <laughs> and I was watching him serve, and I, we were on a walk, and I was like, "Check out my tennis serve!" And I did a tennis serve, and, and my phone, phone comes flew out of my out of sweatshirt pocket. pocket. And uh, it's and broken. got busted. <laughs> so, so we got a, an appointment with the genius bar today. Yeah. But I'll be checking the email. Don't you worry, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Be safe. Uh, look after your children. And uh, we love you. <laughs>